You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Welcome, boys. How are y'all doing today? Fantastic. Howdy, howdy. What's up, Grant? How's it going, Long man? time no see. I know. At least on the podcast. Yeah, we see each true. other pretty often. Yeah. True. Yep. Yeah. What, a couple hours ago? Yep. Saw you a couple <laughs> hours ago for yep. lunch. Yep. That brisket, uh, what what was it I had for lunch? You brisket, smoked brisket, French dip. Yep. Oh, dude. Oh, that's Ooh. what I have when yeah, we Yeah, that's there. right. Dude, oh, it's man, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really good. a good chef, man. He does a good job. Yep. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I got to be careful how many times in a week I eat there because it's it's definitely not, yeah it's a high calorie meals there, but yeah. it's it's good. Yeah, no, for Worth sure. It. We're gonna have brisket on Saturday. You making it? Nope. My school is for the solar eclipse. Yeah, oh, you, cool. you you were saying uh, you had something for school for the solar eclipse, yep. and I was I what what's going on? We're what doing a, you, we're doing a fall festival. Is it required for students or optional for students? Optional, but this year, to get them to come out for the solar eclipse, normally we do a fall festival and we do a spring festival, but with the solar eclipse, we're doing it in the morning, so that way we can kind of like two birds, you know? Um, But if students come out and they go visit a booth, that's like one booth is from science, one from history, one from English, one from math, if they visit all four of those booths, they'll get extra credit. Oh, okay, cool. So cool. We're kind of encouraging them to come out that way. Plus, they get free like uh, the glasses. Glasses. Yeah. Do you do either of you guys need a pair of glasses? I would not mind because That'd we be ordered some, and it was like uh, like you had to order six was the minimum or something mm. dumb. Oh. So I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna hand them out if people don't have them. So they're giving them to us. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you keep at least one for April. What's the, I know this one, what's the eclipse in April? This is the partial solar eclipse, so it's still pretty impressive, but it's, uh, you're going to be seeing a little bit more of the sun because the distance isn't quite uh, close enough to the earth. Yeah, there's going to be a little ring on the outside, correct? Yes, Um, but in April is what's called the total solar eclipse, which means the earth, or the sun, the moon is the closest point to the earth in its uh, orbit. And it's also going to line up perfectly between San Antonio and the sun. So it'll be a complete... So for both eclipses, I mean, what are the odds for both eclipses we get San Antonio right. as yeah, like right. the best spot to it, view it? If you don't know, it's literally making an X across the United States, and San Antonio is the only spot in America that is going to get both. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I mean, technically, okay. Kerrville, San Antonio, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. but... Um, we're really, really fortunate here. Like, the one this weekend is going to be called the Ring of Fire because you'll be able to see that. But, like, in April, it's, like, a, it's a really, really rare occurrence. Cool. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, cool. it's going to be really cool. Sweet. And that one's on a Monday 
And so, like, we're actually going to stop all classes, and, like, everybody in the school is going to go outside and awesome. stuff that's, like that. That's great. It's amazing how they can nail it down to the day. I know, right? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. No, but remind me. I'll get you a pair of glasses. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. That'd be awesome. Um, You guys, oh, okay, so we have a lot to talk to you about. Basically, you have a fishing cat. Now, yeah, which dude. we're gonna, oh, yeah, we're gonna, I want to know that story. We're gonna, yeah, we're yeah. gonna tease that now and like yeah. talk about it later. Yeah, I'm but a, you also cur- current, you recently caught your PB. Got a PB. Bass. Yeah, it's been eventful, man. This past yeah, a couple months. So let's Thank talk you. about the bass now. So okay. walk walk us through uh, the uh, story. Well, okay, so it's one of those rare weekends where I got Saturday and Sunday to fish, and um, our buddy Gibson had gotten back from Belize. So Gibbs, uh, Champion and I fished Saturday, and uh, it was brutal, dude. I mean, I, th- I think we might have caught four fish all day, all day float. And, uh, you know, it was midsummer. Um, Probably hot. Yeah, triple digits. And uh, But our buddy Gibson had come in and wanted to fish that Sunday, so we were like, well, whatever, let's just go. I, it wasn't good yesterday, but let's go again. And sure enough, man, that's when it happened. It was uh, right off the bat on that float and um, still early enough in the morning I was throwing poppers. And the funny thing was is I started off with like a deer hair, big old obnoxious deer hair popper. That was getting no love. And then switched to like a big old dee no love. So then I'm like, well, screw it, man. Maybe I'll just catch some sunfish or something. So I put on a micro popper. <laughs> And that's what that bass came up and ate, man. He just slurped it like a trout. It was it was cool. Oh, he he like slurped, slurped it. Slurped it. He dude. didn't like smoke no, it. No, dude. It was the most subtle take ever. I had no idea. Like, I mean, I knew a fish came up and ate, but once that rod bent over, that's when I knew. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is. Yeah, dude, it was such a awesome. it was it was incredible, man. Yeah. And then didn't Champion catch a nice fish that day too? Yeah. Some people d- say it was dead. No, but some people, <laughs> some people saying it was not. Yeah. Gabe, <laughs> um, no, it was very alive. It just had a, a it was missing blind, eye, blind, and blind in one eye. eye. But yeah. it, it, I'm sure the bass was was probably nearing the end of its life. It looked like a pretty beat up bass, but it, it was still off. swam off fine. Yeah. yeah, and it pulled. I mean, it was five uh, exactly five. On and the how top. big was yours? Mine was six two. So how did how did you weigh them? Uh, Champion has a Berkeley uh, okay. scale. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sack of potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's awesome. Because I caught a, I caught a fish, you know, we'd gotten to the point where we had caught enough pretty good bass to where we just wanted a scale just to know for ourselves. We're never going to, like, send anything off for a record. If, if you say that until you catch a 10-pounder. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But at this point, it's more just out of curiosity. So, we've got the scale now. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I caught I caught one in in uh in February and I really wish I had the scale for that one, man. That was a good good fish, but But this set this this latest one I bigger. think this one yeah, this one beat it. Yeah. But yeah, man. And uh his bass was like two PM like hottest part of the day. You know Did his was his a slurp or was his a No, his sl- was an aggressive I saw I actually saw it because he tends to when he casts, he tends to kind of give it the fly a second to get down. And as that fly was dropping, he was looking elsewhere. And I saw that bass come up and smoke it. I said, sir, go, hurry. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even know. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. That's awesome. Uh, 
We're excited, yeah. champion. We're excited to see you at the Ironfly, man. Right. We saw yeah. you signed up. Heck yeah. Dangerous field with you involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He 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 can whip up some good flies, man. Yeah, some good looking flies. Yep, for sure. And he's doing that fly a day, you were saying? Yeah. Every so he's day practicing, dude. dude, dude, dude. He's getting ready. He's, he's dude, right. yeah, dude right. he's ready. He, he wants to win that bell buckle. <laughs> yeah. Champion, my my only requirement uh, is that if you win, you have to wear that belt buckle anytime you go fishing. So outside your it. waders and everything, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, man, can you imagine? Yeah. On your waiting belt? On your waiting belt, dude. That's a power dude. move, dude. Dude, that's a that power move. Yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for Bro. sure. Well, yeah. uh, Zach, have you been doing any fishing? No fishing, but I did go hunting. Ah, fill us in there. Yeah, so uh, just a short overnight trip. Uh, actually, it was kind of like a quick, like, buddy reached out and was like, hey, I'm going to hunt, and you want to go down? So we went down um, south San Antonio, maybe like an hour south, you know. Um, it was It's archery season, but also like hogs or javelin or anything like that. And so we get there, and it was, you know, Half of hunting, or actually probably over half of hunting, is just shooting the shit at the cabin, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, like, the best part. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And so we did that. We did that probably a little too long. And then went to bed at around 2.30 to wake up at 5.30 with a lot of grape juice, you know? Welches. <laughs> Welches, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, you know? Welches. The blood of Christ. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, then, uh, yeah, so woke up at 5.30. Wasn't feeling too good. And uh, so we made it out to the to the blind, and we were just hunting together, you know, with the idea of like, all right, if a pack of hogs come out, I'll take the left one, you take the right one, you know. That never seems to work. <laughs> never <laughs> does, right? <laughs> never does. And so then, like, we were there for like an hour, and I'm feeling like worse, worse, worse. And so uh, one comes out, and I'm like, or a javelina comes out, right? And at first, it's kind of like a little dark still. Oh, it was a javelina. Right. And so, uh, yeah, and but in South Texas, actually, I think – the day we were out at there in season everywhere. Um, but uh, so it comes out. And at first, I'd never seen javelinas like at a fe- feeder. And I was like, those don't look like hogs. I was like, I think that's a javelina. And um, my buddy was like, all right. He's like, you take the left one, I'll take the right one. And like at this point, like I literally hit like the peak of like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> like if we don't kill something <laughs> soon, like I'm going to blow this whole hunt for everybody, you know? And uh, I'm like, I can't do it, man. I'm like, I don't feel good. You have to just take it for me, you know? <laughs> and so, um, you oh, know. Oh, it was that bad. It was that bad. Dude, yeah. that's a lot of grape juice. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah. no, it was, I, it was like a mix of that. And also we were sleeping on these twin beds where I feel like I was at an incline where like my legs were above my head. And so the whole night it was just like feeling like, uh, like heartburn from it, like just like rising the whole time, you know. Yeah. Acid it, reflux. Kind right. Of thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So it was almost that more so than anything. Like my stomach wasn't hurting. It was just like the acid reflux from it. Yeah. And uh, so finally he took a shot, hovelina down, and then I run out. I'm like, thank God, man. <laughs> I literally run like, you know, 50 yards behind Blow it. Chucks. Oh, dude, oh, man. Dude. Yeah. Painting the town red. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but then we uh, we started the process of cleaning it. But he gut shot it. Oh, yeah, brutal. And so, man, that thing smelled bad. Like it was it was tough. Um, so we cleaned it up. And man, I don't know what it was. But do you ever have just like an off day? I mean, granted, I wasn't feeling good. But like, it took us like forty five minutes to clean the javelina. <laughs> right, like it took us so long. They didn't really have a good setup for for a javelina specifically because, like, 
the um, what is it like the yoke thing that you can hang them on was like too wide, and so we couldn't really get a good fit, and it was just like ah. So, forty five minutes in, we've like skinned half of it, like all the guts are out, but like everything is just coated in guts and stuff, and like the like Ooh, the stomach and stuff, and brutal. We were like, well, and they don't smell great either. No, naturally, yeah, they no. have that gland that. And I that was I read about that, and I was like, okay, so we got to watch out for this gland too, and. I told him, I was like, why don't we just cut out the back straps? You know, I was like, you like everything inside has already been kind of like exposed, everything else. I was like, let's just do that. So cut out the back straps and we ain't got Mexican food and called it a day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Nice. But no, it was fun, man. Mexican food after grape juice, dude. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man. man. Nothing had felt like had tasted better in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like a big like breakfast Mexican plate with like everything you want. Nice. Get that grease to soak up all the alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Carson took uh, Jake, my brother-in-law Jake, out Uh to the ranch to go hog hunting. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Jake shot like a 300-pound hog. No. Dude, thing is huge. It's giant. Dude, I'll show you a picture after. I'm not using my phone to record. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Dude, thing was massive. Biggest hog I've seen out there, for sure. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah, no, massive. But they apparently they had a great time. I was invited to go out there with them, but I just couldn't couldn't get away. So yeah. um, apparently they saw some coyotes too. We we're trying to do some coyote calling, just kind of a fun weekend they had. So big old West Texas hog, big old West Texas hog, dude. That That's thing was massive, big boy. That's cool though. Uh, I went to that Aggieland. Oh yeah, yeah. How was that, dude? That was great. It was it was good. Those guys, the from Good Fly, mm-hmm. Allen and company, do a good job putting that event on, and had a great time. And uh, I was the MC, so I gave the announcements. Had a lot of people, you know, a lot of listeners come by and say hi. So if you stop by, thanks for stopping by, and. You know, sold some stuff and talked about the Iron Fly a lot. So nice. hopefully we'll see a lot of you guys at the Iron Fly. If we saw you at the uh, Texas Fly Fishing Roundup. And, you know, all those events, too, are great because you run into, like, people that you know every time. Or oh, yeah. People you, you haven't know, seen in forever. Like Rob was there, Rob McConnell, Fly Fishing Houston book. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. We were supposed to go squirrel hunting with. Oh, yeah. Yep. We still need to do that. He was there. We chatted for a bit. And um, I'm assuming the uh, A&M Fishing Club. A&M Fishing Club was there. Yeah, those guys were there. Um, Some other people I hadn't met, like other vendors I hadn't met before were there, which is cool. So chatted with them, too. Obviously, the Real Recovery crew was there. We had a booth right next to Real Recovery. So I hung out with Steve and some of the other guys there. So, yeah, it was awesome. It It was a fun day. So... Um, great event, guys, and we hope to see you at the some of y'all at the Ironfly. They have good coffee. You know, they weren't doing the coffee thing because Coffee and Caddis had a booth there. Oh, and they were handing out the coffee. <coughs> gotcha. Did you try their coffee? I did. Was it good? Uh, it was good. I also tried their coffee when it was a hundred and five degrees outside. Oh, yeah. So like hot coffee when it's that hot. Yeah, didn't hit the, it, it, uh, the coffee was great. Normally, I would finish almost any cup of coffee, and I'm not the biggest coffee fan. But I, when I drink coffee, I drink it all on you know, whatever. But 
Um, but I didn't. I didn't finish it because uh, it was like too hot. And yeah. then some people were even like, "Dude, it's a hundred degrees outside. Why are you getting coffee? <laughs> like, how is it even good?" I'm like, "Well, you know, the coffee's good, but then it's like, you know, you drink it. The coffee's hot, and you're like hot, and like, eh, you know." Maybe next year, uh, bring some cold brew. Yeah, some cold <laughs> brew. There was a lemonade vendor there, dude. Oh, dude, that I got a glass oh, yeah. of lemonade, dude, like fresh oh, squeezed dude. lemonade. Oh yeah, dude, they. <laughs> They had a machine that I had never seen this at a lemonade stand before, but it was pretty ingenious. They cut the lemons, and then they used these, like, heavy plastic cups, and they had this, like, hydraulic press that, like, dropped this hammer. So they throw, like, a couple lemons in the bottom of your glass, and then they, uh, that, it would, like, smash all the lemons in the bottom of the glass, and they add the water on top of that, ice and sugar. Oh, cool. And then they, like, had a way to mix it up. And I was like, man, that's that's cool. pretty. Like, they were cranking through the line as opposed to, It's like a beefed-up French yeah, press or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I had an orange juice one time that a robot did it like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, cool. I pushed a button, and this little arm was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then it, like, squeezed the orange juice, and I got, like, this much. It was exciting. Well, this this much? Yeah, this much. That's all you, you know, I was telling myself. That's all you need of orange juice because it's so sweet, you know. That's what you were telling yourself. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that much orange juice. It's bad for you if you have more than. <laughs> Fruits are bad for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's all sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago about this dude who uh, posted on Instagram. It was like fly fishing hot takes, and there were twenty of them. Uh huh. And we work through 10 of them. So you're going to give us the other 10? I'm going to give the other 10, and I want to see what you guys think. All right. Uh, The Instagram user Trout for Brains. (laughs) Trout for Brains. So which one did we do last time? I think we did this one last time, so we'll do this one today. Uh, Hot take number one. Camo clothing has no real impact on fish seeing you. What's your hot? T- what, what What do you guys think? You agree or disagree? I mean, I don't know. I I disagree. I think you I, disagree. You think, and why? Because I mean, like, if I walk out there in a bright red shirt, I feel like like I scare more fish than if I'm out there in neutral colors. I don't think camos necessarily necessarily. Yeah, just neutral. Yeah, kind of right. Yeah, you know, olives. White. What do you think? You're the you're the biggest carp angler here, and they're the skittish fish. That's exactly them. what I would be worried. That I guess that and redfish too. I've heard redfish guides say to wear muted colors, colors. Yeah. like a blue, uh, like a you know, like yeah, a, or maybe like a gray or a yeah. lighter green or something. But yeah. um, I mean, I, if you wear a hot pink shirt out to go carp fishing, I have to think that that might it's got to make a difference. Right. I think that's I mean, why yeah. I never catch carp. I'm always wearing pink. <laughs> yeah. I would say I probably have a neutral opinion on that, but the only thing that gets me is the 1% rule. Mm -hmm. And I think about the 1% rule and think, does wearing camo clothing while fishing give you at least 1% of an improvement of odds of catching fish? I would say probably, I would say it depends on what you're fishing for. If you're bass fishing, it doesn't matter whatsoever. So you're going to have to take it scenario by scenario. But I would say in some cases, depending on what you're fishing for, then yes, wearing camo would give you a 1% boost. 
at least. I could agree with that. Yeah, so that. if that's the case, then I would say it has some minimal impact, I would say, would be the right. word Right, but it's also use. like minimal effort. You know what I mean? Like to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to, wear, to throw a gray shirt on. Right. If you already yeah, ha- yeah. yeah, if you already have like a camo shirt and you wear it fishing. Right. Yeah. Like it, it takes zero effort to maybe get an advantage. Yeah, and a, a lot of guys complain like, oh, you're buying camo to go fishing. And like, no, I already have camo and I'm wearing it fishing. See, right. that's a good rule of thumb, I think, is when you do buy clothes, buy clothes that you can wear for both. You yeah. Know? Yep. The- yeah, for sure. Because if you're hunting, it, like if I'm buying camo and I have a, I want to wear it fishing. Like I didn't buy, like I'm not buying camo clothes to go fishing. I'm got buying camo clothes to go hunting, and then I'm wearing them fishing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, all right. Number two, expensive reels are often more about status than functionality. Uh, I mean, like, are we talking saltwater? But even then, like, you can get a good reel for 150 bucks, 200 bucks, that does literally the exact same thing as a 600 dollar reel. I mean, it might not last quite as long, but, like, realistically, I can't speak to that because I have $150 reels that last just as long as other people's. Like, I have yet yeah. to damage one. You know I, what would I, mean? s- I would say in most, 95% of the, for me, I would say 95% of the time that's true. Yeah. Because everything is like, Cliff isn't here, but, dude, it depends. Because if I'm tarpon fishing... I'm gonna make sure that I have like if I, okay if I'm yeah. keys tarpon fishing Louisiana redfish like. like and I'm like the gear matters and like mistakes matter and I'm not gonna want I'm not gonna put like a hundred fifty dollar reel on my rod and lose a hundred and fifty pound tarpon because of some kind of failure on a reel and but also though like you have to think about it like. Guys in, like, the 40s and 50s were landing tarpon on, like, click and paws. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. It's, like, realistic. I think we've become spoiled as, like, as technology gets better. But, like, you know, like, I, like they, they could do it. And they probably lost more fish than what we do now. Yeah. But, like. My, my only counter argument to that is I agree with you. But also fishing has gotten harder. Like, there's pressure. less. There's oh, more yeah, pressure. Yeah. There's less fish. Like, think about. Um, like Port A being like the tarpon capital of Texas, and now there's yeah, no tarpon there. That's true. Mm-hmm. So it's like... So it's easier to land a fish on... Like, you, you get fewer chances now, and so you want to take advantage of those chances. I get that. Yeah. I can I can hear that argument. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it depends. I would say in most cases, buy like... Like, 100 to $200 reel is probably like the sweet spot for value. For value. Like you're gonna get the most features in that price price point for your money, and then everything above that is gonna be an exponential increase in price for a more minimal value. So you are getting better equipment, but the price goes up a lot for a little bit of added added, you know, like uh, functionality. Yeah, <clears throat> my two buddies, uh, Trent and Lincoln, they they've been fishing like first generation hydroses for like. 12, 15 years, and, I mean, they put a lot of a lot of bulls on those reels. Yeah, and a hy- like Hydros is like a... Two, back then, I mean, I'm two, sure it was even less expensive, yeah, too. But yeah, yeah, $200 reel, maybe. Yeah. So, roughly, depending I mean, on what size you get. You got a, You recently got a yeah, Hydros. Yeah, I got a Hydros. I, li- I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I have a couple. I like my Hydros. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do think that 
there is a, it's like a, you know, like a bell curve almost. So it's like where it's like, you know, it gets exponentially better. And then at a certain price point, though, it doesn't matter. It is about a status. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah like, is there going to be a huge. Like a painted able reel. You're going up in price. That is very clearly for the paint a paint job. job. Yeah. And that's there's no extra functionality there. But yeah. are those able reels beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would I pay like, retail for one? No. no. If I could throw a raffle ticket in a box and win one, I would 100% <laughs> do that, and I would fish that thing with pride. Yes. Right. So, you know. Um, number three, Tinkara fishing can be just as effective as traditional fly fishing. Agree or disagree? Mm. Wait, it can be just as effective? Yeah, just the wording is Tankara fishing can be just as effective as traditional fly fishing. Disagree. I think that one really depends on the water. Like Well, and what are you targeting? Like I'm I'm going disagree. Disagree. If he's throwing a lot of these are blanket statements. Right. So if he's going to throw a blanket statement, um, again, it depends, but I'm, I'm going to give a blanket statement answer and say disagree. If Tenkara was made for high gradient mountain streams for like small trout fishing. Yeah. And so if you're doing that, it can be as effective or more, more. effective than fly fishing. But if you're carp fishing, Disagree. But you know, yeah. if you're redfishing, disagree. Like in, in those, most other scenarios. But even in those high mountain streams, like there's still there's never been a time when I could imagine myself being more successful with a tin car rod. Yeah, because you don't have the reach. Like there's just not you. like I've fished some tiny, tiny streams with a lot of coverage, and never once have I been like, oh man, you know what's really a pain in my ass right now? This reel. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, no, don't get me wrong. I have a Tinkara rod. And I have one, too, and I a, have fished it. There is a use for it, and it's a lot of that use is mainly when I'm trying to go, like, super minimal or it's a very specific, like, I'm not really on a fishing trip. I'm here just just so I can throw something in the water. You know what I mean? And I know it's not going to be, like, a huge body of water. But, but those very unique situations – I would still have preferred to have a different rod with me. It's just actually traveling with that rod is more difficult. Mm-hmm. And then just turn your fly rod. Like, if you really wanted to car that bad, just you can kind of do it with your fly rod, you know, just keep it fixed, you know, don't let any slider just kind of right. fish it like yeah, a tinkara yeah. rod, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, number four, fish don't care about the color of your fly line. I don't know. I haven't tested that one enough. I would say they probably don't care, especially with like a long enough leader. With a long enough leader, I would agree. In some scenarios where you have to cast over fish, like it, it, it and you don't, you know, a lot of times you fish upstream. So you just want to make sure that you're, you know, not putting your fly line over the fish. I think that comes down to fishing skill and just knowing the scenario and not putting your fly line over a fish. And fishing inside out, right? Because it doesn't matter the color. What ends up scaring them is like the shadow or the is movement. the shadow or the movement. I mean? So yeah. I don't think the color necessarily matters about it. Although, I don't know. Would you say that a bright orange fly line versus like an olive green fly line? If we're gonna take the two extremes, that's what I would say the two right. extremes would be. Like a bright orange. Okay, we're f- red fishing. 
bright orange fly line at the coast versus a light blue fly line. I think that's when your 1% rule comes into play. Right. Yeah. Like, even if, even if, I don't know what I'm trying to say. And again, this yeah, is all, it depends. Yeah. Be, these are, he's making blank, blanket statements, which I understand, because right. you don't, you don't want to write three paragraphs of explanation for each one. Right. But if it's worth it. But I would effort. say mostly agree. Yeah. Mostly agree that fish don't care about the color of the fly line, but again, it depends. Well, I've and, got a lot of experience lining redfish and carp, and I don't know if it had anything to do with the <laughs> color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lined up with all colors. It's spooked to say. <laughs> Number five. Trout aren't as fragile as some anglers make them out to be. I mean, yeah, like you want to take care of the resource. You know what I mean? So, like, that one's... I don't necessarily know if that's a depends. It's just like if you respect the fish, if you're not planning on eating it, try to give it the best release possible because it does improve the chance of release or the chance yeah. of, like, living. I would say trout are hardier than most people think. Like, there's trout in the quad right now after we had this yeah, 100 drought season, 100-degree, yeah. like, four, what, 40 days of 100-degree weather. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're hardier than most people Especially small w- trout. want you to believe. But then again, also, people don't handle them correctly and jack them up and don't release them. Like, if you're you're putting it in your cooler, it doesn't really matter. You're throwing it in your cooler. But if you're putting it back out there, then you should do all you can to respect that fish and put it out there in the best possible condition. But have I seen, you know, trout with osprey marks? And I can only imagine that, you know, a bird grabbed that trout the flew up to the sky and somehow it fell back into the river. Like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's probably tougher than we imagine. But yeah. we still yeah. take care of them. Yeah. Uh, number six, catching small fish can be just as satisfying as catching large ones. Yeah, I agree. I'll take that. Just, uh, the wording just as satisfying. I think big... Bigger fish are more memorable, but, like, if I look, if I think back, like, days, in that moment, I am enjoying catching fish no matter what. No matter how big they are, small they are, no matter how many I'm That's a good point. In the moment. Right, yeah. But now, when I think back, I don't think back to all the tiny fish I've caught. Like, I mean, like, I think back to days I've had good number days, you know, those are good days. But I do think back to, like, when I've caught a good size fish, and that stands out. So now, you know, those moments are more enjoyable. But literally, when you're when you're fishing, like, I'm just happy to catch fish. I don't care what it is. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I think, you know, people, they say that people go through, like, these stages of being a fly fisherman, right? Where it's like, you got to learn how to catch a fish, then you want to catch any fish. A lot, any fish. Then a lot of fish. A lot of fish. And like. Then I, big fish. I think where I'm at is, I, dude, I'm hunting big fish right now. I mean, and that, that's just kind of my goal at the moment, you know. And, I would. And that's a good word there. You said my goal. Yeah. Because anytime you do something that's goal oriented, you're going to be disappointed if you aren't reaching yeah, your, I mean, your goals and your expectations. So if your goal is like, I'm going to go out and have a good time. It's satisfying to catch any fish. If your goal is like, I want to catch a five-pound bass and all you've caught are six-inch sunfish, 
And those fish might not be as satisfying. Yeah. Like, because would you trade that five-pound bass for, like, would you trade all those sunfish? For like 20 sunfish yeah, or for something. Sun, like, and the answer would probably be yes. I would trade. I don't know, man. You don't know? I'd take. That's a good point. Like, if, I don't know. I think I'd keep my six-pounder over, like, over tw- yeah, that's 100 what, sunfish. That's honestly. what I'm saying. Like, like, would you keep that fish over, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, would you keep that fish over 100, like 100 sunfish? Sun, yeah, absolutely. But. Yeah. Would you rather be skunked for the next 20 times you go out there? That's interesting there, too. Like, would you take, you know, would you take a couple of sunfish every day for 10 times you fish? Or would you take one bass, but you know the next nine times you're not going to have any fish? Ooh. It's too unreal. That, see, that's where it, that, that gets juicy there. Right? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. Because there are those days where it's just like I just want one little right. rod or something. Yeah. Like, you put on, on like a little man, bitch. Like, like, yeah, what like, are you dumb <laughs> kid? <come on>, like. <laughs> yeah, I. It could be day dependent. Like day to day, it's like man, I'm just throwing like huge game changers today. Yeah. Like I don't care. And then other yeah. days, it's like gosh, I just need a fish, yeah, man. Like my one, my soul, like. my soul needs a <laughs> yes, fish. Exactly. Yeah, I think I'm still on the. In the phase of like, I just enjoy catching fish. Like, I don't care what size they are. You know what I mean? And so, like, like my favorite fish are like tiny little brook trout. You know, like, oh, yeah. I can go catch those all day long. Grant, like, they're beautiful, but like, and and don't get me wrong, man. Like, I take my three weight out to this little creek all the time, and like, I I know I'm not gonna catch anything big, and that's still total blast. But I think I'm in a different mind frame where like, yeah. you know, I'm just I know I'm just catching little guys, and it's yeah, still blast, but. Uh, native species should be the focus of conservation, not just popular game fish. Um, that is a great ideal, like idea, right? Like in a perfect world, that would be awesome. But the thing is, we don't live in a perfect world where, unfortunately, the only thing that give that people give a crap about are things that they get excited about which for most people are game fish, uh, fish that aren't native, you know. So I, I, for me, it would be cool to see, like, all, like, natural bodies of water stocked or filled or taken care of with native fish. But I don't think that's realistic. I agree. I think, in theory, on paper, writing that down sounds great. But in the real world, that is not what's going to happen. I mean, conservation money is coming from people that enjoy catching game fish. They like catching largemouth bass. Bass fishing is like the biggest fishing money maker. And those people that like catching largemouth bass, their money that they're doing for events and whatever else is going back into that type of conservation. I think the best comfort conservation that we can do is habitat restoration like just take the species out of it like we're losing habitat everywhere for fish like build a neighborhood on a river habitat loss yeah and i think habitat restoration should be the focus and the fish will come and whether that's a game fish or like being able to restore native species that's Great, but more importantly, the habitat needs to be there first and then the fish second. Well, I mean, if you use the uh, guad for an example, I mean, 
it's really not that big of a stretch of the river where the trout are and like how big of an economic impact it has for are you talking about trout fishing on the quad trout fishing on the quad where it's like man i don't it's hard to say you just throw away all the well and bass and trout can coexist yeah um the other thing is how much habitat damage did we do by putting a dam there and then releasing water from the bottom of the lake out of that dam that water is not the same temperature that it would be in a native situation. So we killed that habitat, and now we have something new. I mean, people love the trout fishing. They put a lot of money into it. A lot of people's lives are supported because of the trout fishing. A lot of people get excited about fly fishing because of trout fishing. A lot of people support Trout Fest, which supports row recovery, casting for recovery. The game wardens, uh, you know, they do research projects. I mean... All that money gets put back into conservation. I would say, overall, that's a win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Number eight. Fish aren't as selective about matching the hatch as we believe. Agree. I agree. Agree. Hard agree. Yeah, hard agree. Yep. Dude, I've caught fish on weird. I got, oh, yeah. I got story after like <laughs> yeah, fish taco, like the flounder fly. Like I got story after story of me just throwing ridiculous things and catching fish, and yeah. it don't matter. Now, at times, and it depends, fish can be persnickety. Me and you went fishing on the water yeah. one time for trout. Yeah, got sc- basically we, skunked. Basically yeah, we did got skunked. Yeah, we, we hooked them, but yeah, we skunked. Yeah, I, I think I hooked one trout and it came off. Yep. So, basically got skunked. They can be temperamental. They can be temperamental, but overall, I would say... Most of the time when you throw a squirmy in front of one, it's going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And the a squirmy ain't matching no hatch. No, you're not matching hatch there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best fishing technique varies too much based on personal preference to definitively declare one as superior. What? Okay, let's go over that one again. Okay. The best fishing technique varies too much based on personal preference to definitively declare one is superior. Do you think this is more casting, or do you think this is more like urine-nymphing versus uh, indicator fishing? I mean, because uh, I guess I... I, I would say urine-nymphing versus indicator fishing, or like Western-style fishing versus like Tinkara. Uh, well, that's situational, too, it seems like. Yeah. You know, it's too general. Yeah, yeah, because there's some days, I mean, like. I don't know. I would say that there are definitely some superior ways to fish. I mean, that that Euronymphing is pretty damn deadly. I think it's been proven to be, if you practice and you get good at it, I would say uh, more effective than indicator nymphing. I would say so, yeah. So, I think that, I think you could say that there are some techniques that are superior, for sure. I think you could make arguments. I think you could make strong for certain cases. Types of yeah, fishing, strong yeah. yeah. For certain types of fishing, you can make strong arguments. Um, catching fish on dry flies isn't the pinnacle of fly fishing achievements. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I actually enjoy indicator fishing. Or like nymphing, like I do too, and like, I don't get why people hate on it so much. Honestly, like, me I, neither. Like it's fun. I, like, yeah. 
It's it, like, and it's the only time of year okay. that I'm doing that style of like. Maybe that's wedding. why we like, have a different appreciation for it because it's like for us, it's like very specific. It's like it's cold outside. We're yeah. trout fishing, like in Texas, like. Yeah. And I'm so never, it's it's like this unique little situation. Yeah, you're never I, fishing like that any other time. No, I no. I don't disagree because I like indicator nymphing too. So I'm like I'm on the same page with y'all, but. I would 100% rather catch a trout on a dry fly than indicator nymphing. Oh, agreed. Agreed. But is that the pinnacle of fly fishing achievement, too? No, like... like, I actually actually don't know if I would take dry fly eats over nymph. I mean, I would... Dude, I think you just gave me a heart attack. See, see, I'll disagree with you on that. I would rather have a dry fly eat, but... I I I don't think I care. I want to do what's effective for the trout. And I like I'm gonna do what is gonna catch me the trout before I even have an opinion on how I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this: uh-huh. What's your favorite part about catching a fish? Um, that's a good question. Like, what part were you like, man? I this is my favorite part. Like, anytime I catch a fish, this that's, is like the best part. The fight's pretty fun. Uh, I think the release is probably the best part. Okay. Like, actually, like, having that fish and being like, okay, like, we accomplished accomplished something together. Yeah. You know? See, my favorite part of fishing is the eat and watching the eat and getting that excitement of seeing the fish come up. So, for you, you're trying to get to this end goal of releasing the fish. So, like, the the process of getting to that end point doesn't matter for you as much. Right. But for me... I like the eat, and I like to see it. And when it's indicator nymphing, you don't see it. And so for me, like, that's definitely less exciting than, I th- I than like, watching a trout come up and, like, softly sip a bug off of a surface, and you're just, like, jazzed up, and you have to wait for it to eat the fly and go down before you can set the hook, or you're just going to screw it all up. Like, that, for me, is what gets me jazzed up the most. But, like, an indicator, it's like, boop. It goes, well, you know, it's I, like I think it's also like if I'm gonna watch a fish eat top water like a bass is exciting, you know what I mean? Like it's like I'm gonna smash that thing and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Like and it, even might, it might launch out of the water, you know. One like, of the best eats when we went fishing, I saw uh maybe it was Gibson's bass eat. Oh yeah, that it yeah, wasn't yeah. on top water, but you could see he was but fishing it was a like white. a foot dude, below this the surface. Dude, so yeah. Fly freaking yeah, that I wasn't was even awesome. fishing, dude, and that I got was, jazzed that up. Was awesome. No, no, I don't want it to make it seem like I don't care about that part. I do enjoy watching See, the, but right. I care about the release too. But for me, like what gets me jazzed up and excited is the eat. So I'm just trying to like figure out why you don't care if it's like a dry fly. Because in my mind, it's just like clearly obvious it's better to catch a fish on a dry fly. Yeah, I'm not a dry, I'm not a dry fly. Like, I would consider myself a trout bum before, like, a lot of other things. But I'm not a dry fly purist or purist, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because... I'm not a purist either. I'll, like, I'll fish any method. I don't care. I think it's because I've caught so many more fish on indicator rigs and, and stuff like that. Do you think it's... Be, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think it's because you feel more comfortable in your ability to catch fish on an indicator rig? It might be and that it increases your thing. odds. It, it might be a confidence thing. Like, I know that if I do an indicator rig, like, I'm pr- no, okay, yeah. I'm probably going to catch some fish, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas a dry fly, I feel like it's, for lack of a better term, less on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, like, whereas, like, if, it's, if I'm indicator fishing, there's a lot of things I can go through 
to, to for me to get to the point where it's like, okay, I've done everything I can. Versus like if I'm dry fly fishing, there's only a couple of things I can do where I'm like, I've kind of done everything I can. Well, you know what I mean? Like I, there's, there's there's less in my control. Maybe that. Maybe I have a control issue. Maybe that's what it is. Well, a lot know? of times dry fly is like kind of situational. At least in my opinion, where it's yeah. like you see them rising and you're like, okay, it's time now to put the dry fly on and go, right. go toss over there. Where it's well, there's like, you. There's a lot of places you can fish where you just like. You could just fish dry flies all day and just catch well, tons for of sure, fish. For right. sure, yeah. And I, I think, like, for me, too, I've only ever had, like, one, for sure, maybe two days where it's like, that's all I did was just dry fly all day long and just fish after fish after fish. But I've had other days with other methods where I've, like, had a lot of luck. You know what I mean? So you're saying indicators is superior method going back to number nine. I'm, I just, do. I'm just giving you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. yes, I do. It's, it's the best method. <laughs> I do think yeah. it's the for me. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. and like it's still exciting. So you know, like when you're fishing an indicator rig, and like maybe you drag on the bottom and you you set. There's nothing on it, but that time where you set it and there's a fish on that uh-huh. exact moment. Mm-hmm. I, that fires you up pretty good. Oh man. yeah, like, man! Like you pull it and you're you like, pull it and you're like, it's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a cool feeling. I mean, I'm right? not saying it's not exciting. I'm just yeah. saying like if that's like a seven. Having a trout come up and sip a dry fly, just like so. I guess I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't want to poop on dry fly fishing because I do enjoy it. Like, and I will use it. It's just like I just I think it's I'm indifferent. I don't care how I catch the fish. I just want to catch the fish. See, I and I'll I'll say this too. I have burned days of redfish where I have could have caught twenty redfish. But I was throwing a top water because I want you a redfish on top, top so yeah. bad. Yeah. Like I'm perfectly okay with that having happened. Like those days are gone. Those twenty redfish I probably could have caught are gone. But if I would have just had one fish, like in redfish too, because their mouths are down, like they miss it a lot. So like apparently they'll just like watch them and come up because they're like they have to put their like everything everything has to come up, have yeah. to come up and they kind of have to come down on it. And I'm just like, I want that so bad. Yeah, yeah. that'd be sweet. You know, yeah. it's funny. John's a little bit of a dry fly purist. Like, Ooh. Every time we go I, out. I know. I I knew I liked John for a good <laughs> yeah. reason. And we'll go out, and he'll be throwing top water, like, all day long, you know. And I'll be catching a few. And granted, like, there's been some times where it's gone the other way. But, you know, I'll be catching a few fish, and he'll just be throwing his little, like, you know, spider on the top water yeah, <laughs> or yeah, anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he'll get a couple of good eats, a couple of good fish, but it's just funny, you know. Every time I'm like, I don't even have to ask what he's throwing. I know what's on top. <laughs> yeah. What I do will, you? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I will say for pan like when I am in the creeks and um, fishing for panfish and stuff, popper all day over. You oh, know, yeah. throwing a little jig Especially or something. Good, you know, if like, it's good weather. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean that. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, what do you guys consider your pinnacle fly fishing achievement? Snapping my H three. A couple weeks ago, yeah, that was the pinnacle. Was breaking your rod. He was breaking my H3. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever heard it? Dude, I did not hear about that. Yeah, it was real recovery weekend. John and I were going fishing, and literally we had not gotten the line wet. And I'm he's already rigged up, ready to go, and I'm rigging up. I put it in my, like, on the back part of my Jeep, like, in between where my window is raised and the actual, like, uh, body of the Jeep. And I remember putting it there thinking, I got to make sure I grab that before I close my window. And literally, I'm tying on my fly. I'm rigged up. I'm like, all right, John, let's go. I grab my window, slam it down. It goes, 
And I was oh, like, oh, that I've hurts. Never dude. broken a rod in my life. Oh, that hurts. And so man. It's not ago. if, but when. Yeah. And it's obviously, it's never on a fish or a tree or anything. It's at the window or yep, the car. Yep. Yeah. You were with me when uh, at Blanco State Park. Oh, yeah. When we were going down that chute. We were going down. No, no. Blanco State Park. Were you helping me teach the 301 at Blanco State Park? Where we had those two ladies, like, they took the 101 oh, class yes. and the 201 class, dude. They were pumped. We were doing a 30, like an on the water class, dude. They could not have been more excited. And we're getting rigged up. And they like rolled their window up on no, it, two brand yeah. new out of the box like, fly rods. Had never fished them. Never fished them. Oh. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I broke my uh, that fiberglass rod that I built. Uh-huh. The first and only one that I've built. I snapped it. Oh, oh. you broke your. Yeah. See, that's why I got out of rod building, dude. Yeah, it yeah. Just dude. Heart. Yeah, dude. dude. How'd you it, break it? Car door. Yeah, it was it was the day we showed up when I I went to go fish with uh, fatties on the fly up in the uh-huh. DFW area. It was the day we got there as we're rigging up to go do our very first wade, and so brutal. Oh man, that so, is the worst. So is your pinnacle of fly fishing really like no? It's not breaking my age three, dude. That's the worst day of my life. Okay, what is your pinnacle? Oh man, um. Or Grant, what is yours? Yeah, what is yeah, Zach's um, thinking? If, if you know it, sh- sure. Mm, maybe, maybe my first striper because I didn't know what I was doing, and I really set my mind into like targeting and catching one on Canyon. Canyon, and finally happened. But I don't know, man. That's hard to say, dude. I mean, I've had a uh, some pretty killer days on I'd- Canyon, you know, but. I think for me it was when Ken and I went to the Smokies and um, I, you know, I love that Appalachian Brook Trout. And so, like, I knew exactly where one was or where, where one should be, you know. And I, I cast and I made it and I'm perfect. But then we're fishing with Kendall and I was just, like, dying for her to get one. And I'm like, this is my favorite fish and I need you to catch one. That way this can also be your favorite fish, you know. <laughs> nice, hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Nice. And so we were, we're both catching, like, some um, some browns and some rainbows. And then um, we're, it was, like, maybe 30 minutes left of our trip. And uh, she finally caught one. And I was like, I don't know. I think it was, like, both of us catching it. Like, I caught one, like, an hour before. And then just, like, That's cool. pretty much at that point. Like, I was still fishing, but I was like, I'm waiting for her just to catch a brook trout, you know, because I want her to. Because when I caught mine, that, she like, didn't see it. She wasn't near me. Yeah. And uh, and so she did. So that was a pretty cool moment. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. But I don't, I mean, you know, first redfish is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The striper that I, w- I did not know anything about fish. And I'm pretty sure it was still a striper. Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I went out. Like one 70, uh, 70% sure? I know I'm probably like ninety percent sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I went out like it was early on to fly fishing, and I didn't do a lot of fishing as a kid. You know, like I knew like largemouth bass and. This story is a little bit disputed, but go go. It on. is disputed, <laughs> right? And so like I went out fishing by myself. I just started fly fishing, and uh, I threw a little clouser, and I see uh you know a, a, a striper come out from a rock and it's chasing it. It's, it's probably that big, you know, and. Um, and I, I catch it, I hook it, I'm so excited, and I think it's a guad, because I'd never seen a guad or a striper, really. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I, I'm brand new, yeah, yeah, yeah. dumb at fish identification, out, outside of, like, panfish and largemouth bass, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. And uh, so I get in my net, and I'm like, 
oh, man, I've only been out here for like 15 minutes. I caught a quad, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm not going to take a photo of this one because I'm going to go catch a bigger one and take a photo of that one, oh, you know? Oh, so that, there's Yeah, the, so that's yep. the issue because I was like, oh, man, this is easy. Oh, we're yeah. going to get a bunch of these. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And so, um, so I released it, and uh, it was not that easy. And then, like, the next day I found out, oh, that was not a the quad. That's a striper. Yeah. So. Or maybe but, a wiper or something. Yeah, yeah or, I think it might have been a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It definitely was not a white bass for sure because it, it was, like. Longer. It was, yeah. yeah, longer and cylindrical and not, like, uh, you know, panfish shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, that's why it's dis- it's disputed because Man, uh, honestly, because he even admitted his uh, fish identification was not good, and there's not a photo. To there's be not like, a photo. I know for sure it was not a white bass because it was too big to be a white bass. Yeah, I have, I have ate a little bit of humble pie and said maybe it could be a hybrid. Yeah, but I still think it's a striper. I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell myself that I caught a striper before I caught a quad. So. That's a pretty. That's cool. Yeah, but it's awful at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I and they're never gonna let you live it down. No, yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, and I've never cut another one since. And so now I'm like, I just like that's and my goal. Didn't it's you like, catch it somewhere that like it, it kind of shouldn't have been? Well, no, that the white bass I caught. Oh, okay. Shouldn't, but oh, okay. Um, I mean, like, I caught the striper on the guad. It was upper guad. Okay. Right, but I caught the white bass like in a spot that wasn't, you know. Yeah, known for that. Yeah. Oh, maybe bull red, bull red. I think might be. Yeah, that was by far the most gnarly fight I've ever been in. That was, that's probably pinnacle. I'd say. Yeah, that's nice. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. What about you? What's your pinnacle? Yeah. Mm, probably my permit. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Also, I'm still pretty pumped up on the koi I caught. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be pumped about the koi. But the the koi, like, I don't know, is a little bit different because it's like I fish at that spot a lot. I cast at the koi a lot. It's like feels like yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. It's like a resident koi. That yeah. Like it's just like a – but a lot of people fish out there and everybody always casts at the koi. So it's kind of like, oh, I have a funny story about that. So I uh, gave a presentation last weekend to the Kerrville Fly Fishing Club. And uh, the first thing I showed up, like I posted a video. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, I was dude. like, I was like, in case you are wondering, I'm the one who got the koi. <laughs> 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 you guys, you know, <laughs> like you just like rubbing it in. Oh, like that's open. that's how I opened. I was just like rubbing it in. I was On like a slide show, it it's yeah. the first picture, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. No, it was a video. Yeah. It was a video. Oh, was man, like, dude, I was just drop the mic. Be like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I was just. I was I just like everybody's done. That's the presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like giving it to him like from the beginning. So. Oh man, you totally. Yeah, That's it was a gr- it was great. It wasn't even complete. It was in no way related to the presentation I was giving. It was like first slide, like kids are wondering. I'm the one that caught the koi. Boom. <laughs> I know the video. I know you had to have been jazzed up, and I know I'm probably not the only one you called either because you called me after that, and you're like, yeah. dude, you won't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> have you fished? Do you know where I caught it? I know where you caught. I've never fished there though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I took you. You went with me there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm hoping to get on it this year. Yep. So, um, yeah. That. But you know that kind of felt like you know I had a lot of opportunities. You know, if it didn't happen then, it could happen in the future. Um, I just kind of waited for the right moment when it was feeding, and it happened. But the permit was just like I worked my ass off for that fish. I was running 
like to try to catch up to schools of fish and just make it. Like I oh, worked. Did you, ca- you didn't catch it from a boat. No, no, waiting. What we got it like there was like a school and uh, on this flat, and so we got out of the boat. We waited up to make a cast, and dude, they would like take off. We were like, they'd stop somewhere else. We're like running. Wow. This went on for like 30, 45 minutes before I hooked one of just chasing this school around on foot. Okay, well, I'm picking that's your pinnacle. So, yeah, right. Like yeah. the amount of work that's that went awesome. into it. Yeah, and we were like cool. changing flies while we were running. Dude, like, that's, like, okay, that fly, he's like, and, and it was, he's like, I was making casting, cast Y, I was like running slash walking too. And. That's some running you know, down the man type shit, dude. dude. And I made a lot of bad <laughs> yeah. cast. Like I made a lot of bad cast, but I made a good cast into the school with a fly that they liked, and it was game on. So. Was it a pretty good one, or uh, what kind of size range was it? Out of curiosity, like uh, I think they said like uh, fifteen to seventeen pounds. Oh wow! So real good one. Not a thirty pounder, yeah. but also not a dinner plate. I mean, it yeah. was it was like this. So yeah. like, um. Believe awesome me, fire. I am not disappointed. Yeah, honestly, I was more. I was super nervous during the fight, yeah. and I normally don't get nervous. I'm like pretty confident fighting fish, but I was really nervous because we had changed. Because I had we I had made so many cats at the school already, and they weren't eating. We changed to like eight pound test tippet, Ooh. and sketchy. I mean, dude. I got a fish on, on eight pound, but at the same time, I was like, man, like, I don't know. I was like nervous. Cause like, I wanted to put the brakes on the fish at some points. Like, I was like, man, I need to, so this dude, this thing was just screaming at some points. Like, man, I need to put the brakes on it. But I was like, man, it's eight pound. This is like, this is like, we could tell it was a pretty big fish. And, uh, I was like, man, I don't, so I was just like nervous because I didn't. I didn't want to lose the fish, and I didn't want to put a ton of pressure on it. So it was just kind of like there's probably no like cover it could run into. Or there was no cover it could like, run to. We were like on a sand flat, so there was no like coral or anything like that. Uh, but I watched another guy put slack in his line in the middle, like ten minutes into a fighting a permit, put slack in the line and lost his fish. Oof. So I'm like, you know, when when you have the drag crank down more, you're less likely to put slack in the line. Right. So when you put the brakes on a fish, less likely to less likely to have slack. And so I really wanted to really wish I had like, I think I originally had like 16 pound on or something, uh, maybe 12 pound. And I really like with that heavier weight, I feel like I could have also, I had broken a permit off before that the day before. And I was fishing it from a boat that day. Yeah. So again, I was just like kind of, kind of nervous, but no, that fish, because I worked, you know, like the story behind catching it and like chasing the school down and like, was was sweet so yeah that's awesome man it's really cool can't wait to do that someday man dude sounds awesome it's fun dude even bone fishing is oh like, yeah dude Dude, you gotta go down and just like slay bonefish one they're super fun oh fish. yeah 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 i tell everybody that story uh gibson um went on his first Belize trip and caught a bunch of bonefish and he changed his Instagram handle to bonefish in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I thought that was funny. So I got a, another uh, thing we can discuss. And we probably discussed this a year ago, Zach. The top right. 10 U.S. college towns for fly fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah, but this is, this is stupid. 
It is stupid. Yeah, that's why we should discuss it. It's the worst <laughs> list I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. yeah, this is why we should discuss it. No, it's gonna be like Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> All right, number one, University of Colorado and Boulder. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. It's pretty great. Understandable. I enjoy fishing Boulder. Yeah. There's a lot of easy access, and there's a lot of access within, like, an hour drive, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to put Colorado somewhere. Like, t- Colorado's got uh, – Colorado school's got to be top three. Yeah. So, that's I don't fair. dispute it. No. Yeah, I like, honestly, I get it. Like, if I went to Boulder, like, I'd be fishing pretty much every day. Yeah. And relatively easily. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, Montana State University. Yeah. Again, okay. yeah. makes sense. I, I would it. probably trade Montana State for – you like switch the one and two spot, but really? I'm not. Oh yeah, dude. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Co- okay, because when I think college towns for fly fishing, I don't think when I think of University of Colorado Boulder, I don't think fly fishing. What do you think? Uh, right now, think football. Yeah, Dion. Yeah, yeah, that's. True. But and I don't think of like I don't think of Boulder as like the col either like the Colorado like the pinnacle of Colorado fly fishing either so like for me it's just like like i get it it's colorado you have to put it on the list but to me when i think montana i think fishing you know and so that's Maybe why i would fish say montana like once or twice or like one time you know but i feel like as a college kid it would be easier to fish in boulder than it would to be in montana just because montana feels like so big and boulder feels like everything's right there you know what I mean? There are definitely mm. two states that are iconic for right. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm Again, not gonna push I back. Like, I guess yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One and two. Like yeah. I'm not. If super... those were flipped, I'd be like, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, number three, University of Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Man, have you? heard? I don't think of fly fishing when I think university. I mean, Miami. You think fly? F- eh, I don't really think fly fishing when I think Miami. Peacock bass. Peacock and bass. Fish? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there, but there are opportunities. There's, there's opportunities. But number three? But number th- yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess it just depends on if you're a big saltwater guy or not. But Yeah, that's true. Maybe they felt they needed yeah. to put a saltwater. If, if a college kid has a boat or not. That's okay. the thing, right? Well, let, like, me, let me ask you this. Do you guys think University of uh, – you're thinking you're saying college kid. Do you think about – what is it down in Corpus? Um, A&M Corpus Christi. A&M Corpus Christi. Dude, everybody I know that went to A&M Corpus Christi was a fishing bum. they like, yeah. I went to school here – to go fishing. Right. Yeah. And then, like, I don't, but when I think of University of Miami, Miami, like, how many people are going to Miami to go fishing? Yeah. Football, girls, you know, beach, Columbia. Miami, nightlife. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think of those things when I think about yeah, Miami. But I, I don't. put a top three. I, I would say, like, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Like, do every. Do you guys know people that went there? Because, dude, literally everybody I know that went there literally is yeah, like, I, ca- I went, yeah. I came here because I wanted, wanted to, to fish. fish. Yeah. 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 I get it. Uh, Number four, University of Montana in Missoula. Okay. Perfectly, st- perfectly yeah, fair. I'm not going to push yep. back. Uh, Number five, Penn State University. Okay. I also agree. Yep, I get it. I don't know enough about that area, but I'm assuming there's fly fishing. It's like it's mountains, yeah. you know, like it's I'm sure everywhere and within yeah. an hour. Penn drive. State has a fly fishing class at the university oh, that you can cool. take, yeah. like an actual class for credit. Yeah. Number six, University of Texas, Austin. See Damn. that I'll push back there. If they would have said Texas State. I would have gone. That's where that. I'm right? at. Yeah. Yeah. I am. And they did this on the, like nobody's going there to fish. You know no, I mean? no, no, nobody's going to UT to fish. And if you're a student, 
like. But I feel like I know people who went to Texas State who are like, oh yeah, I fished every opportunity. Oh, Dude, yeah. there's a very good op- uh, argument. I would not be fly fishing if I didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. But UT UT Austin just doesn't no, make, it doesn't make, make sense. No, no, no. I mean, like, yes, the campus is next to water, but I mean, like, if that's the if that's the stipulation, then there's a lot of other schools before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'll push back on that one. Uh, number seven, Oregon State University. Okay. Yeah. I don't know enough, but I know there's plenty of fly fishing in Oregon. Right. So, uh, number eight, University of Georgia, in Athens, Georgia. I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, I you're not far smoke. from the Smokies. Yeah. You're not far from a lot of the big rivers uh, just west of it. Yeah. So probably some good smallmouth. But out again, there. you know, I, I, I feel like if you're a college kid, like, you don't have a ton of time to drive, uh, like, super far every weekend. You know? Yeah, is that, our, is that our deal? Is like, you have, it like, needs to be, like, fishing needs to be in town. For me to be a college, cam- uh, a college fly fishing campus means that, like, I can get out of class and go fish. Or, like, even in between classes, I can find a way to fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's, like, Texas State, uh, yeah. Boulder. Like, those are the schools that I think of. And, yeah. again, I don't know enough about Montana, but those are the states I'm thinking of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, like, where I got to make an effort to get in a car and drive. Two and hours yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, you might yeah. have pinnacle fly fishing a couple hours away, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, University of Alaska is number nine. Okay. I get it. And then number ten. Sewanee, the University of the South. Sewanee, Tennessee. Oh, I what mean, like if, it's, if it's near it Knox, close? if it's near like Pigeon Forge or Sevierville, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's near, you know. Well, actually, you know what? Tennessee has a lot of good fishing throughout the whole state. Like whether that's smallies or trout. Yeah. Who's missing from the list? Is there anything? I keep hearing Appalachian State up there in North Carolina is, is yeah. I can see incredible. that. Yeah, because it's yeah. pretty close to Smokies. And uh-huh. And if you wanted to do a uh, coast trip, you could do it in a couple hours. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Uh, Oregon made it, but there's not a Washington school on the list. Okay. Uh, Washington yep. State or something like that. Like they have a lot of. They have. I mean, there's fishing everywhere in Washington. So. <clears throat> I was. T- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't know, but BYU they have a lot of fishing near uh, Salt Lake City. I would imagine. Right? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. The wild fly guy moved to Utah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, To be closer to right. a lot of fishing, yeah. I think. Yeah. And um, uh, so I was talking with somebody recently that California is, like, one of the most underrated fly fishing states because, I don't know, maybe it's just not quite as popular there. But, I mean, there's definitely – the like rivers and land and right. That everyone's kind of thing. on the west coast, yeah. but if you go to like central northern yes. California, mm-hmm. there's a ton of actual like moving yeah. water. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. you have you have golden trout in the mountains, and you have like mako shark fishing yeah. off the coast. And I don't think the steelhead runs are in California like they are in Oregon and Washington, but I think there's some opportunity for steelhead in California. Um. The problem there is to, I mean, it's not really a problem, but California is so big like Texas is, it's like yeah. all of those three types of fishing are like so far, far apart away, from each other. I feel like we're pretty lucky, like, okay, we can go trout fishing, we can go bass fishing, we can go Coast red fishing, fishing yeah. in like two and a half hours or less. Right. And most of the college towns in California, I guess, are in like bigger cities. Where yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, not as in. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. 
Yeah, I I don't get some of them, and I think like I think UT, I think Sam Marcus should replace UT. Yeah, for sure. Here's some pushback um, on some of those more northern schools. You can't really fly fish year round. Oh yeah, yeah. So how about what do you take that into account? Well, and here's the other thing: when is school out? During peak fly fishing time for the northern schools. So summer is during peak trout fishing. Now, with that being said, the other argument side of that is a lot of college students are guides during the summer in their college towns. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys that are really into it, like, like I know, like, if you go to, like, University of Wyoming and Laramie, uh, you know, like, college students, like, there that are really into it, they guide all summer. They stay up there and they guide, so... You're not fishing in January, though. No. Nope. Yeah. You, know, no, you don't not. even have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. San Marcos, though, dude. Yeah, year you're round. Fishing year, year round, round, baby. Year round. That's right. We should ride to Fly Lords. Like, listen, you missed <laughs> clearly the number one. Uh, I would say number one. I would say UT is at number six. Probably should be five, six, seven in there, if I'm being honest and, and not having favoritism. UT should be off the list. Yeah. It's not a fly fishing school. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. But neither is Tech, and that's okay. But Texas State? It's a it's a carp fishing school, though. Apparently. Right, tech. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Honestly, like carp fishing one-on-one there, apparently. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Grant, let's talk about you. You. you this is one of the wildest stories I've ever heard. What has been – okay – I'll let you tell the story because you're going to tell it more detail than I will. Okay, so you're, I'm assuming you're asking about the kitten. The, yep. the kitten. Yeah, yeah okay. clearly, so, clearly the kitten. <laughs> yeah. That's what all so, the Instagram – oh, actually, before you tell the story, so like I posted on Instagram, like what questions – like half of the responses were like, needs to tell the cat story. Of course, that's why we're having you <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. The other thing was <laughs> – That is it. That's the only reason. The other thing was is that I put the way I worded my question. Oh, I, I noticed it. I need some dope. <laughs> no, no. So it was it was like uh what Grant is on the podcast, what are some dope questions? But oh. I used the question mark or uh what Yeah, you what, just put a bunch of question yeah. marks so and, and people like, are like are I got messages like what uh uh like I know a guy. Like somebody <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I know a guy know and a it's guy. like yeah. I I know where you guys could find some, you know. I get like, it from you, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but everything else was regarding the cat. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll preface it by that trip that I caught my big bass on was exactly two weeks prior when we were getting at or at the takeout. Uh, we did hear and find two kittens that day. They both got taken and rescued. That um, was two weeks. Two weeks prior. prior. So you found these. You found kittens before. Yes, two weeks prior, we found two kittens, and um, I'm assuming this this kitten that I found had to have been from the same litter. But he 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 cruised a pretty good ways upriver. So so uh, on this most recent float, Champion and I are we're probably 500 yards from from the takeout, and uh, we just start hearing some meowing out of some tall grass and and uh we're we're on the other side of the river i look over and there's this little kitten meowing its butt off and starting to kind of walk down the bank for us and i'm like dude 
I start reeling in, and I'm like, dude, we're going to have to go get that cat. And so before we could even put the, the rod away, the kitten gets into the water and swims all the way to us, right into the palm That's of my hand. That's so weird, dude. Cats don't swim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very odd. That, it must have been ex- extremely desperate to to get out of its situation. Or I'm sure it hadn't eaten in a while. I could tell because the ribs were poking out. And um, poor guy. Yeah, and you know, I put her in my lap, and she was just kind of instantly glued. Uh, luckily, we didn't eat all of our turkey sandwich, so we got her some, got her fed, and and uh, after that, she kind of just settled in. She would sit on my lap, and then maybe go explore around the boat a little bit. And then come back to my lap, and uh, the timing's kind of unusual. I lost my uh, dog of 13 years in March, so I've been kind of companionless since then, and the timing was just kind of perfect, and I'm in a situation where, honestly, even if I did want to take this cat to the shelter, I think the New Braunfels shelter's full anyway, so I'm kind of like, well, I guess I'm a new cat owner now, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. honestly, if you, like, cats... If you're going to have an animal, like, when you go on trips that you can leave, yeah, that's the way to do it. For sure. But, dude, yeah. it sounds like this cat's going to want to go fishing with you, dude. I right? know, I know. Yeah. She's so good. And, you know, like, uh, Lauren's cat, that most cats I don't think really like to be in the car. And this one, totally cool. Like, she just sits on my lap. She's dude, my cats don't like being in the car, dude. They, like... They flip yeah. out, dude. So it, we're already past that, you know. Yeah, dude, we got to put them in a... Like, we got to trap them in a crate in the house and then carry them to the car so, in the crate. Yeah. Does the cat have a name yet? So, I've narrowed it down. Okay. Um, Zach Harris, his suggestion was Bug. That's up there. Bug's a, I like that name. Bug's, Bug's yep. cute. Yep. Um, it was on the, without going into too much uh, detail, it was on the Guadalupe, so I'm also thinking about Lupe. Oh, Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm personally a fan of Lupe. That's where I that's where I stand. And see, I'm getting it's about half and half. Actually, yeah. I like Rio the best, but you said there there's already a cat you know named yeah. Rio. A Rio yeah. and a River. Yeah, that I know. So oh yeah, really Rio that route. That's a good cat name, Rio. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I'm just gonna kind of let it marinate for a little bit longer, and then I'll decide on one when it feels like, right. Be like my brother and just call it Kitty. Yeah, that original, right? Yeah, I had a cat named Kitty growing up. Yeah, that's yeah. literally, he was like, we don't know. We, they had it for like three weeks and like just calling it Kitty. He was like, I guess that's its name. It's just yeah. Kitty now. Yeah. And nice. she's just glued. Man, it's like, you know, I was never really like the hugest cat person. I don't know their personalities that, that well, but my girlfriend Lauren is, and she, she's like kind of amazed at how sweet and like, I don't know. I guess it just attached this cat is to me, man. I mean, she's just like glued to me anywhere I go. She's just like following me around, screaming at me to pick her up, and she sleeps. She tries to sleep on my face, which is why I'm breaking <laughs> out right now. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night, and she's attacked my foot, and like <laughs> just weird cat things like that. Yeah. It's just been fun, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm grateful for. Her. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a new, I'm a proud cat owner now. But uh, did you ever think you would have it? Like, if it was up to you, would you have ever had a cat before? Is it, or is it because this cat pretty much adopted you that now you're? A I cat? think that's probably more the case. I don't know if I would have ever gone out of my way to go get a kitten, but uh, it's kind of one of those weird things, man. It's like I'm happy it happened, but I don't think I would have ever done it really before. Mm-hmm. I immediately got her in a little cat tree. I've got her. 
some toys, and she's she's already spoiled, so she's yeah. in good hands. Are you yeah. are you planning on taking her to like when you go fishing? Like, yeah, so I got her a harness. From what I understand, I need to get her used to her harness, uh-huh. and um, maybe walking around a little bit and taking her on small walks and. Dude, you're gonna be one of those guys, dude. dude I know it's so walk, weird. Walk I never in, thought I'd be that. Like, dude, you're gonna be the walking the cat guy, bro. Mm, mm. Bro, I know it's weird, dude. But that's funny though. I those don't know, are the man. people I think, man, that's kind of weird. That dude's walking a that cat. That dude's weird. I know. <laughs> like, I man, know. But you know what? When you're like out hiking, you see the person walking the cat. You're always a little bit like, I, you know, like it's yeah. I mean, cool. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And like, I'm not gonna try to force anything. If this cat is willing to do it, I mean, I'll. I'll take her around, take her on a kayak or something. Yeah, and, dude. And, Heck, you know. do it, dude. That's awesome. And a lot of this stuff, too, it's like a lot of the times when I'm fishing, I'm fishing off of other people's boats, too. So I don't, I feel a little weird kind of imposing a cat on somebody else's boat. Dude, it's you're, like, you're, hey, you're, dude, I'm going to bring my cat, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, your cat's welcome on my boat. Oh, hell yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, she's been quite a superstar, man. Got some, I was, uh, fortunate enough to get some pretty good pictures of her when we first found her and posted those and people are reaching out with really nice things to say about thank you for doing that and just she's kind of a little rock star already yeah she's pretty famous yeah and by the way i think it's a she (laughs) i've heard a lot of stories dude we were talking about that earlier because we we talked about our conversation again i said dude are you sure because we thought copper was a girl and nope, he was a boy. <laughs> like we were sure he was a girl. Yeah. And not like a couple weeks later, it's not like a dingle dingle. Nope, it's, he was a boy. It's still too small of a kitten, I think. To yeah, the nuts haven't dropped yet, so it's kind of hard to tell. And it's so weird. I feel so it's hard weird, to tell, like, dude. Like me and Lauren are just like <laughs> looking at YouTube yeah. videos of freaking cat anuses <laughs> trying to figure this out. So like, you feel anything? <laughs> Yeah, Poor no. kitten. I mean, that's cool. I'm happy when people are cat people, but I'm just not. You're allergic. Yeah, I'm just not. I I love kittens, but like when cats get bigger, I just I'm allergic to them, and I think I just had bad experiences growing up with cats, and I just can't. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, well, dude, yeah. that's a sweet story, man. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. It's meant to be, man. She found me. That is it, awesome, though. Like sh- the fact that she actually like. Swam. swam that was yeah. dude it yeah. was heartbreaking dude just seeing the like, desperation you know dude, i'm gonna love you forever it's <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she's cute have you taken her to the vet at all Done not all yet that stuff? no that'll be next week and um yeah i need to figure out how old she needs to be before i get her fixed and dude she can be a brewery cat you can take her to the brewery no we already have a brewery cat oh, okay yeah and uh i don't want to be Worried about her You're running off yeah. or running into the street or something yeah. or whatever. But yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, Ironfly is this is the last episode. Okay. I'll, so, I'll, this Saturday mm-hmm. is Ironfly. This Saturday is Ironfly. As you are listening to this right now, the this 21st Saturday, yep, of October is Ironfly. It's at your place of employment. It is. Tell us about Faust Brewing Company. I've got it down. I've got it down now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I passed that. Yeah, yeah. I noticed you've been doing a lot better with that. Yeah, (laughs) Faust Brewing Co. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I'm. I know what it is. Because you're adding a street in there, right? Faust Street Brewery. Yeah. Faust Street Brewery is what I'm saying. Don't say it though, because I might revert (laughs) to my old ways. Faust Street Brewing Co. 
No. Yeah. no. Faust Brewing, Brewing Co. Faust Brewing Co. There we go. Oh, What's the address? 499 South Castell Avenue. And uh, we've got a recently renovated beer garden. We're going to have a bluegrass band jamming. going to have tattoo artists. It's it's lining up to be a hell of an event. So. Yeah. Yep. The beer garden's nice, too. Thank you, yeah. Here going to be some great food. You got any special releases? Any special release beer you're going to do? Um, well, we've got a uh, cherry wheat beer. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds nice. We'll have that on tap. Nice. Yeah. Plus all the staples, I'm sure. Plus all the staples, all the regulars. And then, you know, just for people who don't know, we do offer, we've got a full bar, and we do offer, like, um, other breweries beer that's not our own. You know, we have some guest beer. We have the staple domestics and that kind of thing because we are kind of more, we're not just a brewery. We're kind of a bar brewery now, so. Cool. Yeah, got options for everybody. Nice. If, you, if your lady drinks wine or whatever it may be. She'll still be good. Man, I drink wine. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm going to brewery drinking wine. You guys got got Welch's? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You guys, make sure you got plenty. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) At least two bottles worth. (laughs) 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 So, uh, yeah, Ironfly, this Saturday, if you want to compete for fly tying, and get a hat. You guys have seen the hats. Yeah, they're what cool. Do you guys they think? are. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. If you guys want a hat, you need to sign up in advance online. The link is in the podcast description. You can also go to honeyholeangling.com and click on Ironfly, and you can sign up in advance. That will guarantee you a hat. I've already been messaged on Instagram about, man, I'm sorry I can't make it, but I really want a hat. Here's what we're going to do. If hats are left over after the event, then we will put the remaining hats on our website, and I'll set up the shipping and everything, so that way you can purchase it, and we can ship it to you. But there's no way, if you sign up on the event form, and you don't show up to the event, there's no way that we're going to be able to ship it to you. Gotcha. Okay. So, That's what I was going to Because like, I, have to, they... I have to set up shipping on the website for the item, and you'll have to pay for shipping because... You'll have to pay for God, shipping. You, you need to pay for shipping. <laughs> yeah. I can't have like thirty hats that we're paying for shipping. Yep. So that was my question. Was the money from to. these hats is going to real recovery. Right. So. Um, right. Yeah. There's no profit from the hats for us. Yeah. It is, it is going straight to. Yeah. Real no profit from us for the hats. I'll do the work. I will box them for you and do all that kind of stuff. But let's get past the event. I'll put them up on the website, and then if you want to buy them from the website after the event. There'll be, there'll be, le- if there's any leftover, that's where they're going to be. Right. So if you can show up to the event and you want a hat, you can purchase one at the event or um, you can sign up in advance right now on the website for the fly time competition and get yourself a hat. And yep, and guarantee it. Yep. And guarantee it. And so. I mean, I guess if you signed up and you had a buddy like, hey, grab my hat, are we doing that too? As long as the spot's paid for and somebody's like, hey, my buddy signed up and he wanted me to grab his hat, I'll do that. Cool. Yeah. I just won't ship any hats right now. Yep. Until I set up. Yeah, yeah. Until no it's shipping. Set up. But hats. if if you have a buddy that's showing up and you want a hat, go ahead and have your buddy grab you a hat. Nice. So nice job on the logo. Thank yeah. you. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it looks I, great. I liked it. I like and the hats look good too. Man. I'm really yeah. excited about the hats. Dude, the like rope it. hats, dude. I'm I like the color combination. Like the the logo just stands out. The hats yeah, bright. Pops. Yeah. yeah. Pops looks good. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of great. We uh, we're gonna have a 
live auction. And yep. Evan, you guys remember Evan from the podcast? If you're old listeners, good old, yeah, good old Evan is going to be doing our live auction. He's going to be emceeing the event. Heck so yeah. he's doing Mary's Mountain Cookies. Mary's Mary's Mountain Cookies, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all should follow his Instagram. Dude, oh, it's great. Yeah, it, it is, is so amazing. Funny. Dude, it's so funny. Yeah. He does it. He kills it. I just live yeah. Yeah. behind the scenes of a guy who owns a cookie shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always got these kids in there because I guess he's by like a high middle or high school or something. So he's yeah. he got all these kids messing with him all the time. Right. Yeah. It's like you just like you get a little, a little peek yeah. inside how it works. You're yeah. like, oh, man, that's great. Yeah, dude. So uh, we got that going on. Lots of great donations from great sponsors. Uh, Green donated a Yeti cooler. Um, we're getting a Blackstone donated. So if you want to walk away with a Blackstone, I kind of want to walk away with a Blackstone. Yep. And do you have to be there to win? You have to be present. Okay. That's great. Even for the uh, silent auction. There is no silent auction. Okay. You need to be participating in the live auction to win the live auction. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay, yeah. okay. So there is having... no there is no silent auction. We are only doing raffles, and we are only doing deck of card. Uh, we're doing a deck of card raffle for the rod for one of the rods, and then we're doing a live auction. So okay, one deck of card raffle. Yes, and everything else is going to live auction. No, we have raffles, mm-hmm. tickets. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, all right, go. Cool. Okay, then we have. A deck of card raffle. There's going to be one of those. Yes. And then everything else is going to be a live auction. Perfect. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm very If that sure. was confusing for y'all, come to the event. <laughs> we'll straighten it out. We'll straighten it out. <laughs> I feel like it's not confusing now. Okay. You, okay. Yeah. Okay. This last okay. time you explained it. Yeah. We'll, it'll be very clear at the event. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um, but, yes, be present to win. We hope that you come out and you spend your whole time there. And one of the hours? Starts at 2 p.m., your flies need to be turned in by 7 p.m. Okay. And the event will end by 9 p.m. So here's here's what's going to happen. You can come as early as 2. You can start tying your fly. You can spend 10 minutes on it. You can spend 3 hours on it. It doesn't matter. It needs to be turned in by 7 p.m. So you can come at 6, at 6 p.m. Okay. You can show up at 6 p.m. Your fly needs to be turned in by 7 p.m. At 7 p.m., we're cutting off the fly time, and we're going to show a film that Grant and I and Zach Harris, and we had help from Mike Torres, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we made about real recovery. Did we decide on a name of the film? We talked about a name. Yeah. I don't think we ever came up with one, though. To be determined at the event. To yeah. be determined at the event. But we're going to show... It's about... 15-minute film about real recovery we filmed at a retreat. We're going to show that. Someone from Real Recovery is going to talk about their experience with Real Recovery. Then we are going to move into the raffles, do all the raffle drawings. Then we're going to do the live auction. Then we're going to announce the winners, and then it's done. And assuming all that... Latest it'll end is nine. Right. But I'm assuming like all the auctions and raffles and stuff will probably be over around 8, 8.15, and then... 45 minutes to hang out before it goes. Yeah, probably. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I and I've gotten this question a lot. Like, when is the event? 
event start time is 2 p.m. That's when you can start tying flies. If you want to show up earlier, great. Um, we'll be there setting up and making sure everything's ready. If you, if you're like, man, I can only get away for a couple hours, I would say five to nine right. is the sweet spot. Yeah. Is when you want to be there. Come spend your evening with us at, yeah. the, at the brewery. Yeah, if you're looking, because I've had like family, like I can only come for a couple hours. Like when should I come? Like five, to, five to nine right. is the sweet if spot. You plan on tying just a little bit. That's four time. hours. That'll get you some live music. That'll get you dinner. That'll get you some beer. Then you can participate in the raffles. You can participate in the auctions. You can watch the film. Be a part of the event. Yep. That's the sweet yeah, spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like those first couple hours is kind of just hanging out, hanging out, tying flies. flies. Yeah. Yep. So live you, music. You're here if you're gonna go there just for like the 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 structured stuff. Get there, you know, five to nine. Five to nine, Perfect. I would say. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. So and uh, come out, be ready, spend some money. Real recovery needs some money, and yeah, because that's the whole point where we're doing this. Yes, for real recovery. One hundred percent of the proceeds are going to real recovery. So every raffle ticket you buy, that is money going to real recovery. It costs $800, roughly, for each participant to go through a retreat. That is, I promise you, that is the best $800 you'll ever spend. I'm not saying you have to spend $800, but, like, that's if you, if $800. You help, yeah. If you can help contribute to that. We have a goal of $10,000, which pays for a full retreat. So, But if you can help contribute to that, putting one person on a retreat in any way, that one person's life is changed forever, and they are extremely grateful for being able to go on the retreats. And so 100% worth the money. And you buy some raffle tickets. You buy a card from a deck of cards. You know, you bid on some stuff in an auction. You're probably going to walk away with some gear. Yeah. And you also made a donation of roll recovery. So. Win-win. Win-win. And if you don't, you got to see us. (laughs) If you don't win, if we don't draw your raffle ticket, you got to hang out with me, Zach and Grant. <laughs> right. And there's nothing wrong with drinking beer and have a good time. Yeah. yeah. And that was worth every penny that you. you <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. like, realistically, that's probably what I was going to do on Saturday, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With people you like. Uh, Grant, would you comment on um, the only downside of having the event at your brewery is parking? And I don't yes. want people to be confused about the situation and, and all of that. So, would you explain the parking situation for your brewery? Yes. Yeah, so, basically, um, we are on the street that is the dividing line for the what is considered the downtown area of New Braunfels. If you are within the downtown area, you are not required by the city to have parking lots. So, we do not have, like, kind of a formal parking lot, but... The major street, Castile Street, you can park all along that street. And then literally one block away is the convention center, and they've got a nice big parking lot there. And um, might just have to get a little creative. But it's And on our Instagram page, we could probably put up a map of like maybe Faust and where the convention center parking yeah. is too. Yeah, maybe we could do like a like – a like a Google map or something, and then highlight. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. Of, I, yeah. I, I, I'll throw it together. That way we can post it up on. That would be uh, great. Yep. You're going to do that? Yep. Perfect. Another thing, Thanks, too, Dad. is the uh, hair salon on Saturdays. If we have big events, whenever they close, they close early on Saturdays. They usually allow us to have all of our overflow parking over there, cool. too. So okay. the hair salon, opens the main some. street. And then the convention, convention center. center. Yep. Yeah, because, like, by the brewery only has, like, five or six spots. Yeah. Right? On, on the Butcher Street. So it falls at the corner of Butcher Street and Castell. Butcher Street is kind of a one-way, smaller street that 
Um, not as much parking there, but on the Castell side, there's plenty. Okay, good. And yeah. um, we've had big 300-plus person events, and people just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just be aware of that. Uh, we'll have fly tying. Uh, obviously, the materials are going to be provided. Mm-hmm. Vices will be provided, but you can, you can bring, bring your, your own, own vice and you, tools if you'd like. Yeah. But you cannot use any materials except for the things we give you. That's correct. That is correct. And How much is it to participate? $30. $30. And that gets you a hat. And that gets you a hat. And a chance to win a belt buckle. Heck yeah. And if you don't want to tie flies, but you still want a hat, it's still $30. Yes. So you might so. as well just tie the fly then. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Unless yeah. You just, yeah. you're like, I got no yeah. clue what to do, but try it. Try your best. Yeah, try I it. I can't right? wait for the belt buckles to come in, man. So is it I, just... I'm excited. Isn't there like a... Beginner and then more experienced division. So that, were there, there are going to be there are going there's going to be a beginner division and an advanced division. And we're not going to share what places them in that yet, right? We don't want people practicing. Or are you going to share it? No, no, I'm not going to share how those category how you are going to be put into those categories. Right. So that will you will be given your instructions at the event, mm-hmm. and let's just say you'll be placed into categories as fairly as possible. Yes. So oh, yeah, great with that. no sandbagging. So yeah, yeah. So champion, if you're listening, <laughs> you're not competing in the beginners, right? So and also just we get that a, out of your head. We do have veto rights. It's like I actually know what this person is capable of. So yeah. 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 If I walk around, I'm like, I see you, and I know how good of a fly tire you are, and you're you're in the beginner division. Like, I'm more worried about Zach trying to pull a quick one on us. <laughs> <laughs> that Zach? No, well the is other that, Zach, but yeah, yeah Zach no. Harris. They can both. Both of y'all, because y'all are both so such different fly tires, mm-hmm. could pull a quick one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tie some trashy looking flies. <laughs> <laughs> Pimple popper, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sparkle fart, dude. Dude, sparkle fart two We need to do. We need to do a new video. Yeah, we have to because honestly, now I'm embarrassed of the first one because the second one is that much better. Oh really? I'm going to hit you up yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Montana Fly Company. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. We gotta get on this sparkle fart two point <laughs> I uh what was the one that Harris Harris said he had a fly idea for the Emerson's French tickler? Oh yeah, yeah the French tickler. The French tickler. Yep. Dude, That's good. Mike Emerson at the I don't think you met Mike. He's the state director for Real Recovery, but I don't think he was at the retreat that we were filming at. But he is planning on being there next weekend. He told me he was going to try to make it. He was planning on it, but um, so we'll see what happens. But if if he's there, I'll introduce you. But when we were at the Real Recovery retreat, he's like, man, just dude, I have your best fly name, the French Tickler. And we're like, dude, <laughs> what? So we've been just like, man, we're gonna we're gonna come up with this fly, and we're just gonna call it Emerson's French Tickler. Hell yeah! So dude. just do a tie- variation off a of Frenchie. Yeah, we're just that's gonna- how it started. Because- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and we're gonna do a video and then shoot it over to him. <laughs> do a fly tying video and send it to him. Or right. Frenchie with like these crazy legs yeah, kind of popping yeah. out. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, tickle tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys got anything else on the Iron Fly? Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, very, very excited. The weather is going to be perfect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I nice. Don't nice worry. save. I got us, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. Nice save. 
As f- as far as we are right now, the weather forecast looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say that. We yeah. can see the weather forecast. When this podcast it. comes out, we'll be close to the event, and the weather will probably be more accurate. So probably don't trust what we're saying right now. Maybe pull up the weather app on your phone and take a look. But Nah, even if it's bad weather. Yeah, we're, it's, we're partying rain we're part, yeah, Honestly, party yeah. rain And, and there's cover. There's you know, cover. Yeah. There's indoor areas plus we can we're utilize. All, yeah. We're all used to being wet from the waist down anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. You yeah, know, yeah, what's the top up? Come on. Yep. Wear your no. waders if you have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Show off that new Orvis jacket. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. I got. I don't got anything else. You got anything else? No. Yeah, Dude, thanks for one, coming, guys. Grant. Yeah, right. For sure. Thanks dude, for having me. It was great. Me. Dude. dude, it was nice of you to come, even though you're leaving at like 6 in the morning. Yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, dude. It's all good. I <laughs> appreciate it. always like coming down hanging out with you guys. Yeah. So. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.